0: Welcome to a new episode of Michigan Marshals. I am your host, Ian, and this is episode 12 for January 29th, 2021. The South will resurrect again. In today's episode, as promised last time, we are going to talk about the Dixie Resurrection Posse and start talking about some Enlightened. And uh, I think we'll be covering a couple posses from them over the next couple episodes, couple of shows, however we want to call this. Um, Personally, enlightened is one of my favorite factions. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show a little bit of favoritism, but because um, who doesn't like giant monstrous monstrous things that go bump in the night and you know maybe cobbled together from several different people <laughs> and the mad scientists that kind of make that all happen. So we're gonna have some fun with that. But yes, um, the Dixie Resurrection Posse is today's primary topic. We will also talk about some hobby progress and maybe some news and let's see events if there are any. And uh, yeah, just kind of roll round, roll along. This one might be a little bit of a ramble, but you know that's kind of the whole gist of this thing. It's kind of a laid back, slightly structured kind of format I'm going for here. So, with that being said. Let's roll into some news. Uh, news, the big news on the street is that Dystopian Wars, the Hunt for the Prometheus two-player starter box, is released this Saturday. So those of you that are in the local group, that are in the local community here in Michigan and Ohio, if you'll want to get your hands on Dystopian Wars, this is the time to do it. This is your first way to get your feet wet as it were no pun intended uh with the new edition of dystopian wars uh and those of you that are on the facebook and on the social medias that have been kind of keeping tabs on things the the miniatures are gorgeous they are really well put together you know it's they look good they look like they come from the old lineage of spartan games and uh, once I get my two-player starter box, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later, I'll be I'll be definitely breaking down some uh, some of the units and how I feel about the game and how it's come along. So that's the big news. Uh, the uh, Came Posse box, the uh, Murder of Hellion Posse box, should be up for pre-order already. For those of you that are enlightened fans like myself, that is the. Uh, Uh, a lightened posse that has all the winged beasties so if you're into that definitely take a look at it the uh new alien watchers posse has been linked to the trade site for war cradle that's the one that has that's the cerulean uh clade if i pronounce that correctly so, yeah, um, it's got the dude from the History Channel Alien show with his hair kind of all crazy. It's got the Cerulean Prime. It's got a couple other smaller units uh, who I don't know the names of. I don't think those have been leaked yet. And the big monster guy, which is all kind of like cobbled together and like shape shifting and cool. So, keep an eye out for that when that finally goes up for pre order and is uh, available to get at your local stores. Uh, So that's pretty much it for news on the war cradle front Uh, in the local front. uh, Michigan is slowly coming back to normal. Um, I'm hoping that we can start playing games in person in the near future. Air quotes. I know a great radio, but um, yeah, with the governor's lifting of, restaurants and stuff like that happening on the first i'm pretty sure that we're going to start seeing more of our local game stores allow in-person gaming i know golden rhino down in ipsy has allowed in-person gaming uh starting last friday uh, bastion gaming over moonfield hills is allowing in-person gaming by appointment i believe i believe we have to call ahead for that uh Gatekeeper, I don't know what their plans are. Uh, unfortunately for that store, they're not very vocal on social media as to what they're doing. So I guess it's kind of a, hey, suddenly we can game at that store. But uh, that is what it is. Oh, let's see what else. Yes, um, I want to talk about local stores a little bit more. Uh, with the opening of Bastion Gaming, uh, which is a little closer to me, and it's a new store, and it's willing to support Wild West Exodus and Dystopian Wars and all the other wonderful products that War Cradle has as yet uh, to this point released. I'm considering once we are able to get back to normal gaming as uh, shifting the Wild West Exodus, Dystopian Wars, whatever we want to call it, night to that store, because if they're going to support us, I like to support them um don't get me wrong gatekeeper has been a great host and i will try to support them as best i can but i'm i'm tossing the idea around um i'm going to post a poll up here probably probably by the end of the weekend and see what everybody thinks because that store is really easy to get to it's at the end of two free uh two freeways which the two i don't recall at the top of my head i'm not, i've never been the greatest with road names so bear with me but yeah, so I'll let that, I'll toss it up to the Detroit community and see what they say. But uh, yeah, we'll have that conversation here in the coming weeks as things progress. Um, events. For those of you that know, Flint Cotton was canceled. Sad face, massive sad face. I was really hoping to see some of you folks there and, you know, run some demos and try to draw more people into this awesome game that we all know. But uh, alas, that, ga- that uh, event was sadly canceled. There is a chance that it will be rescheduled, but it is what it is. If you want to know more, I believe I linked Rod Kane's post explaining everything. So uh, with that said, let's get into hobby. Um, not much on the painting front for me. Uh, this past week or so has been a little, little bit insane. But um, I've gotten I dug out my old uh, Federated States Dystopian Wars fleet that has been in the box for a year or so since I got it. And I tossed that into the resin scrubbing bin. So I'm waiting for them to be done. Um, Still have a union posse on my table that is I'm hoping to get to pretty soon. But uh, yeah, 2021 has not been the best start for hobby for me, but. Meh, life happens. Uh, I figure what I don't get done now, I'll get more time later. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, ask me in December of this year and go. How how that you know catch up to you? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> it could go either or at this point. Year is still young. So with that being said, um, let's talk about the painting challenge. Now, as you all know the Michigan Wild West Exodus crew has been doing a painting challenge for most of 2020 and carrying on in 2021. It's a way to kind of keep everybody, you know, painting and hobbying and keep their, their streak going, as it were, and uh, to kind of hopefully make sure, or or not, <laughs> as uh, life may uh, intervene, uh, that you have, a you know, a mostly painted or a fully painted force once we're back to, f- you know, gaming in person and Actually, being able to host events again, so yeah, it's that's the whole idea of it. Uh, as as you all know, that the the theme for quarter one of twenty twenty one is monstrous portents, and I believe I set the parameter for that is anything that's on a medium base or larger. So that counts uh, for your juiced hex beasts, your UR thirty one heavy law bots your actually hex beasts actually count for that too cuz they're on mediums uh nizambu snakes uh heck if you have a a a watcher's king scarab hitting you know hit it in your you know your closet somewhere or a judgment you know any of those large models are perfect for this challenge so i'm hoping to see some awesome stuff from you guys i always enjoy seeing everybody's work so with that being said, the rules, uh, as man, yeah, they don't change, but, uh, just, to, as a refresher, uh, when you want to submit your entry for the challenge, you are to submit up to four photos to me, uh, via email, uh, the email that you're going to send those to is warhostian, all one word at gmail.com. You are to send me at least one picture of the unpainted model. It doesn't matter if it's unassembled or if it's just you know assembled and on its base you know i will even accept primed if it's just primed and no other colors on it that's completely acceptable as well Uh, as long as you don't start putting your layers on and your highlights and all that stuff as long as i can see you're, you're starting out you're golden now on that picture it needs to be time stamped preferably like in front of a computer screen or on top of a tablet you know, some way to kind of verify that yes, this is something new that I'm working on for this challenge. Um, I've seen some people just kind of set it, in, as I said, in front of a computer monitor, right in front of the lower corner, and go, "Oh, yep, that's the date," and uh, that that's acceptable. Um, I'd prefer if you, you know, that you not do a handwritten note. I've had a couple people do that. Um, it's just harder to track. It's harder to verify that. You know, <laughs> it's harder to verify. But yes, uh, one of those photos has to be all that, but the rest of them can be whatever you want. It could be uh, just three pictures of the model, or you can put together uh, a collage. I know Google Photos allows you to make a collage of different photos, so you can do that, and that still counts as you know one picture. So however you want to divvy it up, you know, Bob's your uncle. Take care, you know, get it done, and then once, as I said, once you're all done, get your photos all in a uh, you know nice rows. I'd like you to rename them with your name, you know, you, you know, your name one, your name two, so I know who you are, so I can tag you in the, in the album when I post it uh, on the, on the Facebooks and uh, make sure that when, w- if you win a prize, prizes go out to the right people. So with that being said, that's the painting challenge. Once again, the theme is monstrous portents, anything that's on a medium base or larger So, hope you guys all have fun with that. I can't wait to see all your submissions. And now with all that out of the way, let's talk about our main topic, which is the Dixie Resurrection Posse, Annabelle Hamilton. Uh, This posse is a dual faction posse. It'll work in in an outlaw posse as as an ally, or it'll work as an enlightened posse. So... If you let's say you have the um, Confederate Rebellion posse box and you want to expand and maybe get some of those uh, spicy, spicy constructs from the Enlightened, this is how you do it. You bring them as an ally posse and uh, you fill out those slots with your constructs that you want to bring within the limits of the posse, of course. So the thing to remember is uh, for lore, this posse was released not too long after Warcradle picked up the Wild West Exodus uh, license and re-released it. So there isn't a huge lot of lore background on the website for them, but um, it's still pretty interesting. And um, this is what it says. While a peer of the Covenant of the Enlightened, Annabelle Hamilton's first devotion has always been to the cause of the Confederacy of Southern States. She longs for any opportunity to throw a spanner in the gears of the Union of Federated States and hopes that one day her dream of the South rising again will be realized through her actions. Often seen in the company of Captain Mackay of the former Confederate Army, her erstwhile sawbones Wendell Lee and three terrifying characters known as Unger, Donovan, and Bloody Bill Anderson, most folks know that to see them in town means trouble isn't too far behind. So when you buy the posse, you get those characters. That's You don't get any dogs. You don't get any extra hands. That's it. You get Hamilton, Anderson, Wendell Lee, Donovan, Unger, Ross Mackay, and that's it. And uh, we'll talk about their, their sculpts as we go through their cards. For the posse builder, uh, the posse bonus is if all slots are filled with one or more units in the posse, then all units in the posse gain the Confederate trait so they can be affected by bu- uh, buffs debuffs abilities that affect units with the confederate trade uh and i think that applies especially if you are bringing stonewall jackson or anything that uh of that nature so with that said let's go over the posse slot one, uh the boss is obviously Annabelle hamilton and slot one is ross mackay or or, and or an enlightened unit with the creation rule. Slot two is an enlightened face or an or enlightened hands unit. Slot three is an enlightened face or up to two enlightened construct hands units. Slot uh, four is up to two enlightened face or enlightened construct hands unit. Slot five is Ben Hamilton and or an enlightened unit with the creation rule. And slot six is an out is an outlaw Confederate unit and or an outlaw mercenary support unit. So, as you go down the posse, you start getting more and more options. From what I'm getting at, so I would fill the beginning pos- uh beginning slots in the posse with stuff you get in the uh, in the box, and then build out from there. So, yeah, I just double check that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's the, that's your posse. That's how you would uh, fill in those slots, as it were. So with that said, let's go over the cards, starting with the boss herself, Annabelle Hamilton. She is a boss, enlightened, human, female, confederate, tainted unit. Um, I think you're going to see tainted a lot in this posse. So if you're just starting out in the Wild West Exodus, and you want to start with this posse, I would buy this posse. Maybe a construct hand, uh, hands box or a gun dog box, and definitely some hex beasts because you're going to need them, especially for this tainted uh, special rule. She's fortune three, she's 150 points, she's quick five, mind seven, aim six, grit six, fight six, limit three. Her weapons are thermite grenades, which are brutal, indirect, blast, crit hazardous, range 6, pierce minus 4, rate of attack 1. Ripper uh, pistol, which has close work, no other uh, special things on it. Range 10, no pierce, rate of attack 2. She has a mouse gun, which has close work, crit lethal, 8-inch range, pierce minus 2, rate of attack 1. And Hammerhand, which has stun, brutal, crit displace, uh, base-to-base range, pierce minus one, rate of attack one. Her common rules are metal, the quick and the dead, largesse, and target priority. Her special rules are are carpathogen. This ability costs a fortune chip and may be used by this unit once per turn when a construct face, hands, or support unit within six is destroyed. Before t- tank checks are made, D5 of the models from the destroyed unit are returned to the play area within three inches of this unit. Any model that cannot be placed is removed from play. The new unit counts as having activated for the turn and gains the reanimated rule. This cannot be used against units that are removed from play due to yeller checks. So she def- she's uh, kind of like her, uh, her compatriot, uh, Burson Carpathian. You know, you're going to see a lot of that through the Enlightened. She also has portal mastery. She may create or destroy portals. She may make a manipulate portal special action for no action points cost each activation and may determine the direction of any scatter for portals they create. The distance the additional portal model may be placed by the portal resonance rule is increased up up to 12 inches rather than the usual 10 and also does not scatter. So. As I said earlier, things you're looking to pick up if you buy this posity, posse. Posse, um, come up with a way to either find or kit bash portals because I don't think. Oh, are they released? Yes, they were released. Never mind. Uh, pick up a box of portals. <laughs> um, and this is uh, this next special special rule is important for the posse because you know if you fill the posse, you get the Confederate special rule. It's called Rebel Yell. This is a special combat action. Once this action has been made by this unit, any units excluding this unit with the Confederate trait gain plus one to their limit attribute for the duration of this turn while within eight inches of this unit. This does not stack with any other limit bonuses. So you could use this to, especially for constructs because they have such a low limit. You can bubble her bubble wrap her in constructs, do the rebel yell, and then have them get that extra limit while they're within uh, eight inches. So if you need somebody to really shoot something or get in the melee, this is how you do it. Uh, She also has rabble rouser. She may include an angry mob unit for the appropriate points cost. Any angry mob units within 10 inches of this unit count as critically failing or critically passing any mind checks they are required to make. It's your, your choice as the controlling player. And angry mob units within 10 inches may not target this unit. If an angry mob unit would be affected by opposing instances of this rule, then this rule has no effect. And she also has tactical brilliance. This unit gains plus one to reserve checks. Once per turn, the unit, when activated, may spend two action points to look at the top three cards from either their adventure deck or their action deck and replace them in any order on on the top of that deck. So she is definitely a support boss, somebody you want to try and try and protect as best you can. But uh, she seems with her weapons and her abilities, uh, definitely somebody that can dish out some damage if she so chooses. Her model is pretty neat. Uh, Definitely an opportunity for a lot of uh, neat ways to apply color uh, on her dress because her dress has a lot of ribbon and a lot of ruffle. So definitely some, uh, some neat ways to approach that. Her left arm is, is, uh, mechanical. It's a augmented arm. So definitely some, uh, some neat things you can do with that. Her pose is pretty standard. She's holding her mouse gun up in the air, kind of looking to one side, but, uh, yeah, she definitely a character character, full model, nothing super special, nothing really outstanding. But yeah, definitely definitely interesting sculpt. Moving on, we're going to talk about Ross MacKay, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, he is a face, outlaw, enlightened, human, male, captain, Confederate unit. He is dual faction with enlightened and outlaws. I forgot to mention that about... Uh, no, she's just enlightened. Never mind. But yeah, Ross MacKay is dual faction. He has one fortune, 95 points. He has quick five, mind four, aim six, grit five, fight six, limit three. He is armed with an officer's saber, which has parry, crit, decapitate, one inch range, pierce minus two, rate of attack one. He has a chase rifle, which is refined, range 18 inch, pierce minus one, rate of attack one. And he has chase pistols, revolver fan, close work, and refined, range 10. Pierce minus one, rate of attack two. He has, for common rules, metal, the quick and the dead, and target priority. His special rules are report. He may include an additional civilian strategic unit for the appropriate points cost. Furthermore, once per activation, this unit may automatically pass a single check as a critical success if this unit is within 12 inches of any unit of civilians. Um, I actually had that come up against me. That Not on this unit, but on a a different unit, but the same rule. I had this come up in a game recently, uh, the Tabletop Simulator game I played. And uh, yeah, that's pretty powerful to be able to just ignore ignore one one rule. He has, for the ladies, any model in the unit may, may add plus one to their grit, fight, and mind if they are within three inches of a female human model, excluding models in this unit. So yeah, keep keep him close to Annabelle Hamilton to get that bonus. Because plus one grit can actually be the difference between him staying alive or having to take a metal check or quick in the dead. Maybe not so much quick in the dead, but you get what I mean. He also has Rebel Yell, same as Annabelle Hamilton's. And his final special rule is Sikkim. He may bring the canine automata for the appropriate points cost and he has the thing where he may uh, nominate an enemy unit with an 18. We've talked about this before. You'll see this a lot throughout the game. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty pretty common rule. So this is how you bring additional gun dogs or attack dogs in your posse. Um, his model is pretty, su- pretty standard. Um, it's definitely characterful. He's standing in a pretty relaxed pose. He's got his rifle over his shoulder, and he's pointing in one direction. He's got this look on his face like, hey, you, buddy. I got you, buddy. I'm going to get you. So, yeah, he's got a lot of brocade on his uh, uniform. He's got the epaulets on, so definitely some neat uh, painting and uh, technique opportunities you have there. Up next is Wendell Lee. He is a face-enlightened, Outlaw, human, male, doctor, confederate, tainted unit. He is dual faction with outlaws and enlightened. He has one fortune. He is 95 points. He's quick five, mind six, aim four, grit five, fight five, limit three. He is armed with thermite grenades, which are brutal, indirect, blast, crit hazardous. They have a range of six inches, pierce minus four, rate of attack one. And he has a flaying blade, which is nothing on it except crit fatal. It's base to base range, pierce minus one, rate of attack one. He has the rules, uh, the common rules, metal, the quick and the dead, and target priority. His special rules are sawbones. Any friendly unit, excluding this unit within five inches, may re roll failed grit checks. Sawbones has no effect on machine, artifact, or structure units. He has Enervate. For one action point, this unit may select a non-legendary enemy unit in line of sight within 12. The target must pass a mind check. If the check is failed, the selected unit immediately loses D5 fortune chips. That could screw over some bosses. <laughs> especially if your opponent maybe have a, has a tendency to draw low action points. Oh, you thought you could use your fortune to, uh, you know, push your boss up or spend it on your posse? Yeah, how about no? <laughs> um, and for his final special rule, he has compel. He made, for one action point, uh, select a target within eight inches. That target must make a mind check. If the check is passed, nothing happens if the check fails a model in that unit or the entire unit if friendly is compelled and must immediately make an action of this unit's choice this is a free action which cannot be focused or use fortune for the duration of this activation the compelled models count as friendly to this unit and you cannot compel models with the automata structure or legendary traits he is some, he is a backline support guy you do not he can he can kind of stay behind your main force lob and thermite grenades if you really want to try, but, uh, this is somebody I really would try not to keep in the, you know, put right in the fight, but, uh, but look for opportunities to use that sawbones and enervate, uh, special rules and, uh, maybe a lava thermite grenade or two. His model is, yeah, it's, it's okay. He's got, he's got what I would call like a Eureka pose where he's. Kind of leaning to one side, he's got something in his right hand looking up at it, so, so yes, I've discovered how to make this work. And he's got all crazy hair. He, he definitely looks the mad scientist part. And he's got a wicked looking blade in his left in his other hand. Moving on, we have bloody Bill Anderson. He has a face, enlightened, outlaws, construct, male, sergeant, confederate, mercenary tainted unit. He is dual faction. He is one fortune, 105 points, Quick Five, Mind Four, Aim Five, Grit Five, Fight Seven, Limit Three, He's armed with a Ketchum grenade, which is stun, indirect, blast, six inch range, pierce minus two, rate of attack one, Juiced Pistols, which have revolver fan, close work, crit overcharged range 10 pierce minus two rate of attack two and he has fell blades which have parry crit fatal base to base melee range pierce minus one rate of attack two he has for common rules metal the quick and the dead target priority and durable Uh, durable is the one where you ignore that first point of pierce on an incoming weapon And for special rules, he has Death Dealer. While this unit is engaged, each successful successful hit caused by this unit on an enemy unit they are engaged with causes a further automatic hit on that unit. Automatic hits like these and from qualities like Brutal cannot generate further hits from the Death Dealer rule. So you basically just generate more hits with this guy. He has Quick Strike. Once per activation, if this unit successfully hits with a strike action, it may make a second strike action at the same or a different target for one action point rather than usual two for a repeated action. So you get this guy in melee and you just kind of try to keep him going. And he has rapid. He may focus his move actions for no additional cost. This is one of your frontline guys. You You bring him up and you support him with whatever hands or other units that you have in your posse. Um, I wouldn't, this is a guy I wouldn't leave out by himself. He seems like somebody that would probably benefit from support from like attack dogs or constructs, you know, the hands constructs unit, but uh, definitely somebody that could probably cause somebody a lot of pain. His model's pretty neat. He has mechanical legs. It's probably why he has uh, rapid. Um, he's got two blade, you know, underarm uh, wrist blades, which are pretty neat. He's got mechanical arm. Definitely, definitely cool. I like his hat. I want his hat. <laughs> of all the things to want. Yeah, definitely a cool looking model. He's in like a, a really dynamic pose. He's ready. It looks like looks like he's ready to bring his right arm straight forward into somebody's chest. Like he's ready, getting ready for that for that right hook. Definitely a cool model. Up next is Donovan. He is a face enlightened construct male tainted unit. He is only enlightened for faction. He has no fortune, cost 75, quick 5, mind 4, aim 4, grit 6, fight 6, limit 3. For his weapons, he has a fail safe implant, which is suicide, shred, and blast, range self. Pierce minus one, rate of attack one, and he has electro bat- uh, batons. Batons. Wow, I don't know why I flubbed that word. Electro batons. There we go. Which have parry, stun, crit disorder, melee range, no pierce, rate of attack two. He has the common rules: metal and target priority. His special rules are Galvanic, the stun and disorder qualities do not cause attribute penalties to be suffered by this unit, though they still count as having the condition. He has Quick Strike, once per activation, if this unit successfully hits with a strike action, it may make a second strike action at the same or a different target, uh, target unit for one action point rather than the usual two. Same as um, Anderson. He has Shield Aura. At the start of this unit's activation, it may spend one action point to gain plus one grit for the remainder of the turn. That could really boost his survivability because he's already grit six. And he has fail-safe detonator. Should this unit use a weapon with a suicide quality, it automatically passes any aim checks against its initial target. This unit may use its boss's mind attribute for any mind checks to resist opposing units' attempts to compel them. Such as Dark Council or Compel. This is your melee beater. I would definitely bring him up and try to mash things with him. And if not, suicide. Try to take out some hands units. I wouldn't bring him again, I wouldn't run him against something like Walks looking or any melee oriented face unit. I would try to send him after hands units. Mostly because of his low pierce value. Um, His model is pretty neat. It's actually one of my favorites in the posse. He's got those two electro batons out ready to zap some people. He's got this look on his face like, yeah, getcha. Definitely liking his pose. And up next, last but not least, we have the centerpiece model for the posse Unger Creation Six. He is a face enlightened construct. Tainted Unit. He is only Enlightened. No Fortune. Cost 100. He has Quick 5, Mind 3, Aim 5, Grit 6, Fight 5, Limit 2. He is armed with a Failsafe Implant. Suicide Shred Blast. Same as uh, Donovan's. Range Self. Pierce Minus 1, Rate of Attack 1. He has a Servo Claw, which is Brutal Special Crit lethal, one inch range, pierce minus two, rate of attack one. And he has a juiced Gatling gun, special, brutal, linked crit overcharge, 15 inch range, pierce minus two, rate of attack three. He has the common rules uh, tough, tasked, target priority, and unstoppable. Uh, unstoppable means I think he can bull rush. I'll have to double check that, but. Uh, He has the creation special rule, which means he can spend an additional action point to double the piercing value of a single strike action. Furthermore, unless hit by a weapon with a piercing weapon of 6 minus 4 or greater, the unit may ignore the first point of piercing from an attack. Example, a weapon with a piercing of negative 3 is considered negative 2 against a unit with this rule, which is pretty neat. And he has the fail-safe detonator, which we talked about earlier. His model is probably my favorite in the posse. He has that giant Gatling gun. He is lunging forward with that giant claw, ready to smash people. Definitely like he is one of what I would consider one of the um key enlightened units that are not like the giant monsters. But yeah, he is definitely a centerpiece model for the posse itself. And I really enjoy I, I actually have him on my paint table right now, so because I was going to run him in Augusta Byron's posse, but uh, that didn't happen. But yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite models. Now, overall, the posse is really cool. I kind of like the theme of it Um, in this alternate history where the Confederates and the Union actually fought over ore, as opposed to what they actually fought over in our history. Um, the, The posse has some definitely definitely has some weak sides to it. Um, I would say that it suffers from not having enough to support it. So when you buy this posse, as I said earlier, I would highly recommend you get some Confederate units to support it, and especially some constructs to support it. Um, The Constructed Menials and Henchmen uh, come to mind. The Abomination Widowers and Seekers come to mind. Um, The Black Blackhoof Scouts are actually pretty good uh, in this posse. I would actually bring them with me uh, if I was to, if, I, if I was to bring this posse. Um, but yeah, the, the posse needs support, you know, in terms of bodies. And plus, if with the posse, if you were just going by the posse itself, you know, if you g- fill up the posse, you get that all units in the posse gain the Confederate rule. So if you spam bodies, as in constructed menials, or menials and all those other lesser constructs they all get the Confederate trait so they would all benefit from units with rebel yell so I would keep Annabelle Hamilton and uh, what's his name I just forgot his name that makes me feel bad Ross Mackay and I'd keep Wendell Lee kind of all clumped together within a you know to make a bubble of influence for one for the rebel yell from both uh, Hamilton and uh, and Mac- Mackay so you can influence the constructs so they can get the benefit of the plus one limit each turn. And I would keep Wendell Lee close by to keep that um, that Sawbones going. And plus, you know, Annabelle's uh, Car Pathogen ability to bring back units. That cannot be understated. Uh, the ability to bring back units is a big thing. So... That's how I would kind of expand upon it. Maybe try to get something like Creation 7 in there, some big be- you know, some big beater monster in there if you really wanted to. Um, I haven't tried it. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. But, uh, yeah, definitely. And if you really want to go, uh, like, mixing the Confederates uh, for a tournament list to go up the full 1,200, I'd just go get the Confederate Rebellion Posse and mix the two. Take a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, and see what you get. Um, I don't know how well uh, they would work together. Obviously, I'm not that well versed in how they play, but in theory, on the table, they would complement each other very well because you'd be able to benefit from the Confederate trait across the board. And plus, you get the you would get the firepower from the Confederate Rebellion posse and this the like, mass swarm of bodies from the uh, Dixie Resurrection if you padded that that posse out with uh, with bodies. So I'm just going to click over real quick. And see if I can actually do that. Uh, Of course, I may be completely steering you the wrong way, which I really don't want to do. So I see Confederate rebellion. Add a second posse. There it is. Yep. So you can do it under the outlaw. <clears throat> under the outlaw faction. I don't think you can do it under the enlightened. I could be wrong. But yeah, if you really want to run both posses, the Confederate Rebellion and Dixie Resurrection, just buy both posse boxes. I would buy. I, you know, pick take or pick a pick of Confederate units. Uh, snipers are good. Uh, Black hoof scouts are good. Uh, I take those and. Bring as many constructs as you want. Uh, don't forget to bring, uh, what were they? Uh, Abomination seekers or uh, constructed Menials. One of the, you know, bring some hands. You know, constructed hands, so they can benefit from that as well. So you can bring them back with Annabelle's ability, and uh, just see what would work. As I said, I haven't tried it on the table. I would like to. It's on my list of things to do. Because having a Confederate force that does that sounds sounds absolutely hilarious. And uh, yeah, it sounds like fun. But uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the Dixie resurrection and maybe some things to consider when uh, if you're considering picking this posse up and maybe ways to expand it. Um, I you know, disclaimer, I am not the best tactician. I lose more games than I win. These are just my thoughts, kind of looking at them from a armchair general perspective, and you know, sometimes I just throw stuff at the wall and see what works. <laughs> if it doesn't work, go back to the drawing board. But yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know it might be a little shorter than normal, but uh, yeah, let me guys let me know what you think. What once again, if you uh, want to submit your pictures. For the Painting Challenge, uh, I can be reached at warhostian at gmail.com. If you're looking to pick up posses, if you're looking to buy Wild West Exodus or Dystopian Wars stuff, I know Bastion Gaming has an account set up, so if you want to order from them, you can. And if you can't somehow get to a local store, I know Gadzooks Gaming is a great place to go shop. So... Once again, thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you in the next episode.